Hello, this is Hector Vladimir again with our fifth episode of Living Off the Grid and the City. Today is August the 18th, 2015. I wanted to start to wrap up the theme or the topic of disadvantages of being part of the current grid system or power structure, utility power structure, including power, electric power, water, television services, phone services, etc. The whole gimmick, the whole inclusion of all the power structures there, all of the power entities that you have a bill for basically come to your home or to your apartment or to your place of residence every month. The disadvantages of those are many. I have mentioned several and I will begin to wrap up this section of this show. I would like to discuss just a few bits of information that I researched just recently last night on some of the statements I made in the past few shows. First of all, the relation of water to power. I will post this recording along with the link to the EPA, the Environmental Protection Agency, which clearly states and lays out the relationship between water and electric power. Water is highly energy demanding, as I mentioned before, consumes a lot of energy to produce, treat, generate, deliver to the home, does cost money to keep water service on. And you depend, or many of your appliances or home systems depend on water to be powered, to be energized, such as your bathrooms, kitchens, water hoses outside to do any kind of washing, etc. Not to mention how you need water for drinking and washing and other cleaning activities. Like I said, the website lays it out very clearly and it does promote the conservation of water not only to conserve water itself but to conserve energy, electric energy and the energy it takes to treat such resource. Many, many trucks are used to deliver water not only for drinking but for other uses all over the place, both to residential places and commercial and governmental, military, etc. Water is very energy intensive when it comes to treating it, as mentioned in the website. And the less water we consume, the less water we waste, the less energy that is consumed and wasted as well. And this is all according to studies and findings from the Environmental Protection Agency. Check it out. Next thing I want to discuss is the cost of energy, specifically energy that most residences use, such as power. Most people use such as gas that they put in their car, fuels, such as natural gas, not only gasoline or diesel, but natural gas, liquid propane, and other fuels that they put to work at home, at work, etc. Another one is charcoal, which is made from wood basically or wood product and the cost of all of these energies all of these resources that create energy average to nationwide this is here in the United States it's over three thousand dollars per person per year that's a lot of money per person it adds up let's say it's just three thousand to make it even easy to calculate that's hundred and fifty thousand dollars over a 50 year period or more or less an adult lifetime on average here in the Americas $150,000. That's more than the average cost of a home here in the Southeast 
going by recent home prices. Uh, that's a lot of cash that you would spend over a lifetime. And again, this is any kind of energy expenditure, be it putting gas on your gas tank for your car or buying that 20-pound LP or liquid propane gas tank for your grill to cook food. So the cost is enormous, and this is just average. On the high end, it could be about double that, if not more. On the low end, it could be just a bit less. This is average in many of the southeast states. As I noticed on that website, many of the states, the high end for energy use per year per person is close to $5,500 per person. And I was surprised that some of the higher energy use states are not the states that you would think that would use a lot of energy, such as California, Washington State, the northern states that you would think that they would use huge amounts of energy for the cooler weather to keep a warm environment in all of their buildings, large populations. But instead, some of the southern states, especially poorest states, Mississippi, Louisiana, some of the other southern states are the most energy-consuming areas in the country, which is quite interesting. I invite you to visit this website. It's interactive. You can click on any, any of the United States states, regions, maps, and it'll give you estimated amounts of the energy used per person per year. And it breaks it down into three categories, transportation, combined and residential, which uh, transportation is probably over 50% of the energy used by each individual per year as far as cost is concerned. So again, the Department of Energy has this figure of a little over $3,000 per person per year, which adds to over $150,000 per year on average. So the amount that you can save by renouncing to such system as the one we have right now for energy would be enormous because the system as it is set up right now is conducive to waste and inefficiency because it is out for profit, out to protect the growth of other corporations, the corporations that provide you with such service and believe wholeheartedly that if this power, if this responsibility is put in the hands of the millions of people that want power, that want energy, they will with all of their efforts, all of their attention, heart, and knowledge, and care, produce more efficiency. They will try to improve the efficiency of their own systems that produce energy for their own use very, very fast and very diligently. I mean, this is just inherent in the system. If you own it, if you produce it, you will try at all costs to improve it because your own improvement, your own benefit, your own comfort depends on it. Another uh, fact I looked up and I wanted to share was the efforts from power companies, from utility companies and the like to thwart and to attack alternative energy efforts, whether it be companies, laws, you name it, individual citizens trying to get off the grid, trying to produce their own energy, Companies, utilities, and their governments are after such efforts. This is increasingly being reported in many channels throughout the Internet, on TV, even on the radio. This is reported very widely. I mean, all you got to do is do a quick search and you'll find perhaps dozens or more of reports, recent reports of utility companies trying to use 
their leverage, their power, political power, their financial resources, and more to try to sway their governments to limit power companies that use alternative energy such as solar, wind, etc. For example, NPR, the National Public Radio, reported recently that there was a leaked memo or a leaked presentation about the strategies that utility companies should, will, and are using to thwart the installation of roof-mounted solar panels. This is verified reports from recognized journalistic organizations that this is happening. This is not something that's just a theory by some conspiracy theorists. This is right there on the surface, black and white, very widely reported. There was another report about the same subject, same matter, and it was titled, I believe, How Power Companies Are Wielding Their Power Over Their Governments or Over Solar. Basically what it said was that they are attempting to create a monopoly as far as being able to sell power to the people, not only in areas, but in whole states. They're attempting to make themselves the only show in town, the only providers of energy that basically you would have to go through them before you're able to sell power to anyone. If you're an alternative energy company or organization that could produce power and try to sell it to consumers. Many areas have been prevented from developing solar and other alternative energies because of laws that have been enacted that protect the utility companies. And they say that, oh yeah, there will be more than one companies laying cables and providing power and that would be disruptive to the system and it could cause unanesthetic sites or ugly installations and it could be a safety issue. This is their excuse, their pretext, which is ludicrous and it's unbased on any evidence, any kind of study. This is a monopolistic system that wants it all for itself and it does not want to change. It wants the technologies all for itself. It does not want the people to be able to harness it and buy it and produce their own energy. They'd rather have you pay the bill and they take care of it. That's how they want it to be. That's how they want to keep it. They do not want it to change. And yes, there is a disadvantage, huge disadvantage to that, and is that there is no innovation. There is no advance. Everything stays the same as it has been for the past probably seven to eight decades with oil and gas where everything is just about the same yes they produce it faster it's a bit cheaper relatively compared to how it was when it first started and taking in consideration the value of the dollar but guess what it is still highly harmful to again the economy health and the environment that has not changed and they do not want it to change because they're looking out for their own interests, their pockets, their bank accounts. And that is all. They're doing it. They're providing the service not to better the world, but to better themselves. And this is evident in the efforts they're making in trying to prevent clean energy from spreading and growing in many areas. This is evident also in a report that I will post that is titled more or less, Why Governments Do Not Want Clean Energy. Again, governments are highly, highly encouraged by multi-billion dollar corporations. They are swayed. Their hands are forced by these multi-billion dollar corporations that are inside of their territories. 
I mean, how can they not? If you have a multi-billion dollar corporation in your city, in your county, in your state, that company is not forced to stay there uh, longer than it takes them to move. Um, they can just pack up and leave and go to a more friendly state when it comes to allowing them to generate profits. And that's how they uh, fix their disagreements with any government. And how can the government not be influenced by such prospect of a company just packing up probably a very large employer a very large contributor to the state city or county tax coffers how can they not be highly highly influenced by the demands of such corporation and that is a flaw that is a problem within the system and that is one of the reasons why the current power structure energy structure should be reformed should be very much changed and again this small radio show is attempting to at least start doing such things another thing i wanted to cover statistical fact that i wanted to cover was the amount of oil that was dumped into the sea during the bp spill in 2010 in the Gulf of Mexico. It was estimated by very respectful and credible sources that 3.5 to 5.5 million barrels of oil were dumped into the Gulf of Mexico. Millions. These are from the conservative to the more to the more aggressive numbers, estimates. The first estimate much more conservative than most. 3.5 million barrels and it was a figure put forth by the Royal Academy or the London Royal University. 3.5 to 5.5 million barrels is a huge amount of oil and gas dumped into the ocean. It's basically an amount that we cannot even begin to appreciate because it's just outside of our reference. Barrel of oil can be refined to many thousands of gallons of gasoline. I'm not sure of the exact amount, but I estimate it to be in the thousands of gallons of gasoline. So just imagine, probably more than that. With the crude, this is crude that we're talking about. This is not refined oil or oil product from refined crude. This is crude oil and gas that is in its purest or crudest form. This is heavily, heavily concentrated material. This is not your common motor oil that you buy at the store. That itself is highly refined from crude. So this is crude oil that was dumped into the ocean and it is very, very difficult, nearly impossible to dilute without very heavy and industrial grade solvents. So that right there gives you an idea of the extent of the damage that was caused by the Gulf spill. The last point I want to raise in this show that will be wrapping up my theme of disadvantages of being part of the power grid or power structure as it exists. And the last point is TV services. I am very much against paying for TV services for entertainment especially because it is something that's one power consuming, two time and resources consuming and it's just unnecessary. You can have plenty of entertainment without having to pay funds for TV services, education, inspiration, you name it, and it's there. It's happening right now. There's a report that it's about how the TV culture is just a dying culture. TV ratings are just taking 
a plunge all over the place. Networks are scared to death about the recent ratings that they have been getting. The major networks are rethinking their strategies, are getting more aggressive. As you can see with the TV shows, there are more everything, basically. More extreme in every sense of the word. Just flip through the channels and you'll be surprised. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about. There's more violence, more exposure to hate crimes, all kinds of things that used to be taboo. Now they're mainstream, they're well accepted. All kinds of, especially violence. Violence is just something that has taken over and it has spread wild out of control into prime time every time of the day you can tune in and be exposed to scenes of violence like know the time prior violence has taken such hold in our society and it's so well accepted that kids are highly encouraged to support it to view it to watch it and with no kind of regard to the effects of this kind of exposure there are groups that are beginning to pay attention and find the actual causes and are beginning to find the consequences of being exposed to a large dose of violence. A probable and likely example are the many shootings that have been happening throughout the country, the United States and the world. Mass shootings, what they call active shooters, is something that's on the rise obviously in the last decade. There have been a lot more than in the past, probably about two to three decades, reporting has not significantly changed. So it's not a factor of how much reporting is done. Yes, there is more cameras out there, there's more cell phone videos and more photos. But this does not subtract from the fact of journalistic reporting done in a professional level that has not changed very significantly to the point where it's going to affect how many of those cases we see as far as shootings, mass shootings, mass killings. This is something that's obviously on the rise. Very likely this is because of the exposure that our culture has to violence. And at the same time, with the enhanced access to guns and weapons and explosives and all this killing machinery and killing tools. But I digress on that subject. Back to my main point of TV being a highly unnecessary and even harmful habit. Again, like I mentioned, it is power-consuming, consumes a large amount of total amount of your home's energy. For example, the average amount of time that someone has their TV or more than one TV, like most households have now, the amount of time that those are on during the day is about four hours average. Slightly less, could be more than that in many cases. But a four hours out of a about 10-hour waking day, that's a good 40% of a whole day that someone's at the house. So that's a lot of power when looked at in a community level, city, county level, and a national level, all the way to a worldwide level. This is a huge amount of energy that's just being not so wisely used, not to say wasteful, just not wisely used. A lot of that energy can be used for so many other things, including education, healthcare, and all kinds of other improvements for mankind. Having a TV on, where about 40 to 50 percent or more is just commercial advertisement. It's not something that is useful for most. Yes, companies, uh, the way it's set up now, they need to let you know what their services are, what they offer. Nowadays, I believe it's just out of hand, it's out of control, and it's just an abomination. It has grown so grotesquely that it's just ridiculous. You tune in to a paid show 
or you know where you pay for a let's say a premium channel and it's full of infomercials i just found out that many of the networks including the networks that were traditionally associated with education like the discovery channel are the ones that have been taking the greatest hit as far as ratings and then it makes you wonder what exactly people are watching i mean just ask around not many people are watching educational shows enlightening shows most people are just watching entertainment that's just worthless in my mind such as dancing shows soap operas stuff like that reality shows which have very little reality in them they call them reality shows music shows and all these things are very little value that's what people are tuning into very little is used for actual gain in advancement as far as health science knowledge social issues art news is just full of commercial advertisement and it's just riddled with biased reporting not only politically biased but also commercially biased you don't see advertisement whenever there's a major news show where you know in the news network you hardly ever see any kind of advertisement against a major corporation because of any kind of wrongdoing or any kind of harmful product that they may be selling very seldom do you see commercials saying anything against the cigarette company beer companies the drug companies such as prescription drugs it's just against the system where they operate it's just worked in to their system it's just something that they do not do they cannot do true and unbiased reporting because of all the interests and all the leverage that big corporations have on these networks on tv shows even on the news especially on the news tv is just not worth paying for it's on its way out according to many indicators the internet has taken away a lot of tv's power a lot of the tv's attraction away and it's been mostly okay so far with the internet they have much more variety of all kinds of commercial free and bias free programming but a lot of it is beginning to get biased as well and a lot of corporations are beginning to look for ways to charge for that material as well namely Netflix, Hulu and Amazon Prime and all the other major content providers on the internet one way to make all those good and entertainment content free is to refuse to pay for them and i refuse to believe that they will go away if you stop paying for them they will remain they will just find other ways of funding them the quality will remain about the same very slightly if any difference will be noticed and they'll just look for other ways of funding of uh, funding their programs they won't go away if they decrease in quantity their quality will probably and likely go up so that's nothing to worry about and to begin with there's nothing to worry about at all because it is not something that's necessary Show me a study that proves or at least suggests that entertainment improves enhances a person's life significantly. I'm talking about like TV entertainment, radio, and even internet entertainment. I don't think that there are any conclusive or even suggestive studies that these mediums are actually beneficial for any individual in any kind of measurable area. I want to close with that point that TV is just not worth paying for and it's part of the system that needs to basically be ousted and I do appreciate your time once again please join me next time on episode 6 again this is episode 5 Hector Vladimir in the state of Georgia recorded on August 18th 2015 see you next time so pure Pushing myself to the edge